0: Ian Dunt, columnist with the Eye newspaper, is here to tell us about another fraught fortnight in the, in the UK. Ian, thank heavens someone has
1: had the guts to attack multiculturalism. Yes, heavens, because there aren't enough people doing that nowadays. So Suella Brevman, our esteemed Home Secretary, went for a trip to New York in reality to try and cement her reputation as the sort of totem of the hard right of the party, which is in and of itself, at this point basically a hard-right party, especially since Boris Johnson purged any kind of moderate center-right figure from its parliamentary ranks. In doing this, she makes a speech where she says, "Well, multiculturalism has failed. it puts us all in danger." but I mean It is an extraordinary thing for her to say. I mean, she's a British Home Secretary who's descended from Goan Indians from Mauritius and Kenya, who's married to a Jewish husband, and that serves in a government headed by a Hindu prime minister. So you just sort of think like... If, if that's multiculturalism failing, then what would it look like if it was to succeed? And yet somehow the sort of the obviousness of that hasn't permeated her brain, or if it has, she chooses to ignore it so that she can pursue her own political advantage.
0: How has she responded to people making the point that you've just made?
1: It's a strange thing with, with her and the sort of identity issue. The the classic, she responds in the way that's the classic sort of uh, response that you get from, from members of this government in prominent positions who are in ethnic minorities, of which there are a lot. Like it is the one thing that you would say from Boris Johnson's time particularly has been a real success story in terms of getting ethnic minorities to front bench positions in the Conservative Party. Um, And the kind of thing is, well, look, I mean, it is, you know, it's don't expect me to have a certain politics just because of the color of my skin or because my ethnicity or my identity. And that is a really strong argument. I think it's a sound one. You hear it a lot. So lots of people on the left sort of will complain and saying, well, you know, she's basically when she proposes anti-immigrant policies, she's pulling up the drawbridge, you know, against her own parents. And you sort of think, well, that's quite a suffocating view, because, of course, that. That would indicate that anyone that's not white has to have sort of, you know, liberal or progressive views on immigration. That's just not the case. There are very many socially conservative people in ethnic minority communities. The thing is, there's a distinction between that point on immigration and the argument against multiculturalism, which is one that is essentially saying, you know... The structure of the internal aspects of society, not its policies on its borders, but the internal aspects, are a matter of debate. And on that, she seems almost completely mute. What have her
0: peers uh, had to say about her comments, Ian?
1: Well, interestingly, they've actually been distancing themselves. And that's a really kind of interesting area because number 10 the government signed off on that speech she was she wasn't making that speech as a private citizen or as a conservative politician she was making it as the Home Secretary of Great Britain. It was signed off by number 10. And yet, when people start asking questions of uh, Rishi Sunak, the prime minister, he says, no, no, he doesn't think the multiculturalism is fair, but he, he actually, to, be, to his credit, and there's not much to give him credit for nowadays, told a much better story about where he'd grown up and his own sort of background and, and, and the manner in which British society functions. The same could also be said for the former Home Secretary, Priti Patel, who at the time we thought was about as right wing as it could possibly get. But of course, every time we think that about a Home Secretary the next one comes along and shows us that it can always get worse she had the same i mean she distanced herself from the multiculturalism comment so that part that aspect of what braverman has to say hasn't been adopted by others in the party and braverman will absolutely love that fact because that helps her in her quest to shore up support on the right
0: ian i understand that about a dozen tory mps including ministers did complain to the chief whip about the speech
1: yeah there's there's some sort of discomfort about it but nothing very substantial i mean really what I mean, we're currently in a period looking at the Tory party conference, which is happening in Manchester. And really that the party is slipping into some of the most depraved kind of lunatic elements of division and hatred and conspiracy theory. And you see it from very junior figures. You see it from very senior figures. You see it from the kind of people that always had this kind of wide-eyed kamikaze kind of political look to them, but also people who are perfectly sensible, who've been in government for a very long time. The organisation as a whole, seems to be drifting into the realm of the unwell.
0: Now, there have also been unpleasant remarks about uh, gay asylum seekers, which has angered the likes of, uh, well, two knights of the realm in Elton John and Ian McClellan.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, what she said was completely unjustifiable. I mean, she basically said, look, we've got too many people who claim that they're gay so that they can secure asylum, uh, and it's not true. (laughs) Just think, on what possible basis... Could you, believe, could you know that it wasn't true about someone? Like, you simply don't have any ability to falsify that claim. And in fact what we see I mean it's actually very small numbers. It's in the sort of one to two percentage points of asylum seekers make that claim. They typically come from countries like Iran, countries like Afghanistan where they can make the extremely legitimate claim to say that no because of my sexuality I am not safe in my home country. And, and there is also parts accepted. of
0: Africa where homosexuality is um, get the death sentence
1: yeah that's absolutely right exactly and so the claims are usually accepted by the Home Office caseworkers when they look at them. When they reject them, and they reject about about half, about half of the appeals are successful. This is overall. So I mean, this this sort of view that keeps on being keeps on being sort of perpetrated by Tory front benchers, that the, the system is rigged, and the, it's absolutely not the case. The vast majority of people succeed in their claim, either in the first case or on appeal in the courts, because those claims are valid claims, and you can see that. Simply by looking at the case files. If we
0: go back in Australian history, the great political clarion call got the Whitlam government to help get the Whitlam government elected, and it was very simple: it's time. In contrast, the conservatives have adopted a new slogan: <laughs> "Longer commitments for a brighter future." It makes a hell of a you know it makes a hell of a t-shirt. <laughs>
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's full-spectrum political failure from Rishi Sunak at the moment. I mean, and it starts, you're right, I mean, just in terms of, like, catchy political slogans, you think, really, is that is that what you've come up with? But it's also doubly problematic, because so many of his individual policies over the last few weeks, which is supposed to be Rishi unleashed, this is the real face of the Prime Minister, are actually extremely short-termist and built on uh, just a flannel of nonsense. So, I mean, among his recent ideas were to stop councils imposing blanket 20 mile per hour speeding zones in fact there are no such plans there are no blanket uh, speeding uh, requirements across britain it was to allow motorbikes to use bus lanes just a completely bizarre idea that is overruled on the basis of road safety to stop councils from implementing low traffic neighborhoods even though we already have all sorts of ways for the community to speak about that. And all those plans do is to reduce the amount of traffic, reduce the amount of cars so that kids can play in the streets, so that people can walk more safely, and to block an idea called 15-minute cities, which is to try to design urban centers so that everything, your work, your healthcare, your leisure, the shopping is within 15 minutes to encourage people to walk, encourage them to cycle, to reduce pollution, and just to make a more beautiful urban space. Now, this is what he calls his great long-term, solutions. Now ultimately most of these things are completely fictitious. On 15 Minute Cities there is a far right conspiracy online that says that this is actually a plan for local councils to be able to prevent you from leaving the house. It is Utterly absurd and is even even in the world of sort of anti-lockdown activism is considered one of the real fringe views. And yet that is precisely the argument that Sunak himself made when he was putting forward these proposals. He basically took some of the balmiest conspiracy theories from the darkest sewers of the internet and started saying them from the heart of government. So then to do that in front of a notice that says, Oh, I'm making all these long-term decisions, you just think like the wording is terrible, but you have also failed to do anything like what might encompass it.
0: Now let's head to Manchester for the Conservative Party Conference. I understand that they're playing trains.
1: Yes, in another spectacular own goal, Rishi Sunak has failed for well over a week now to confirm whether he's going to go ahead with a project called HS2. The purpose of HS2 is to create a one high-speed line that goes right down at the centre of the country in order to alleviate the congestion on the existing rail lines. It's good for the environment. It's good for passengers. It will reduce costs. It's supposed to have significant economic benefits. And it was a core part of the government's promise that it would level up, that it would prioritise on investment outside of London, He's now decided to chop it in half, to basically say the northern section, and of course it's the north that he targets, between Birmingham and Manchester is going to go. He won't actually say that, of course. I mean, for weeks now, he's been saying, oh, I won't address any speculation. But he's failed to kill the speculation by saying that he's going to stick to it. And we're expecting him to announce that in his conference speech tomorrow. Now, I mean, you look at the, the business case for this put forward by the Treasury. It was absolutely essential to Britain's economy and to its transport infrastructure. But instead, he simply plans to cancel it. Another great long term decision by the prime minister. He-
0: in your role as theatre critic, you've described the Conservative Conference, and I quote, as a circus of idiocy, conspiracy <laughs> theories, uh, vacuity, and uh, mendacity.
1: And I, th- I was being quite generous there, really. I mean, the, the stuff that they are saying is is so out of this world. Theresa Kofi is the Secretary of State for the Environment, and Claire Coutinho is the Secretary of State for Energy. Now, both of them yesterday were coming out with these just... Bizarre imaginary fantasy land fables About how there was an attack on meat Teresa Kofi said The vegans want us to start eating fake meat Uh, Coutinho said that there was a labor meat tax Now none of these things exist They've just gone to some bizarre world where they invent conspiracies and then dress themselves up as the great defenders of them Conservative MP Danny Kruger was on a panel yesterday started talking about the conspiracy to invent a world government That would take control of all of our lives Susan Hall the conservative London mayoral candidate started coming out with the worst Islamophobic blather saying that Jewish communities in London were afraid of the mayor Sadiq Khan wink wink nudge nudge Oh, isn't it just because he's a Muslim and in fact Jewish groups have been coming out saying, no We have worked very closely with him. He's always been respectful that conference has been an absolute cesspit a really really ugly site In 60 seconds or less.
0: Tell me about the far-right channel GB news
1: Yes, the disastrous attempt to try and recreate Fox News in the UK Uh, One of the people on it was called Lawrence Fox. He's a failed actor and a failed politician who typically just waddles around in the worst elements of the far right online. Finally, he got his comeuppance by deciding to comment on a female journalist's uh, politics the other day by saying whether he would or would not like to go to bed with her. This really detonated the channel. It's led to him being gotten rid of. It's led to Dan Wooten, the person that interviewed him, being gotten rid of. Other uh, senior broadcasters working for it being gotten rid of. And we're finally in this moment where we find out whether the whole thing can stay alive or whether it's finally about to collapse in on itself.
0: On that happy note, thank you very much, Ian. Uh, Ian Dunn, columnist with the Iron Newspaper reporting from London. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.